there are many, many use cases which we should actually point out to. And we can't talk about why autonomous agents, it's probably a good high question here. So you have the autonomous agents who are doing stuff for you. They break down tasks and then they're doing stuff for you. Good morning, Lutz. Good afternoon. It's morning here. <laughs> How's your coffee? My coffee is good. I have data-driven, AI-driven coffee. That's the main difference between us two, right? Your coffee machine is intelligent and my coffee machine has buttons and one light telling me it's not hot anymore. My coffee machine has about 10 sensors and every sensor uses an AI to actually forecast what the sensor really should do. I mean, we always said AI and data is for nothing if you can't do something with it. Here, you get a good coffee. It's always the same taste and amazing coffee. So talking about uh, AI, we already spoke about a couple of hypes that a lot of attention to AI now, and it feels a bit like there is another hype in the AI sector, and that hype is around AI agents. Would you agree, Lutz? Kind of. I mean, we touched on this actually last time, right? Because what we said is it's an interface. And we said now we need to have different ways of working with that interface. A large language model essentially offer an ability to be an interface. And as an interface, this is awesome. But now what to do with this interface, right? It's the same saying as like, oh, I have mobile. Yeah, what to do with mobile? And we show ample of evidence that large language model can't calculate well. Well, large language model can't access the internet. Last time we touched a little bit on it that you start now putting those abilities together you chaining them together. Essentially, you give your calculator to your large language model and said, instead of typing on this calculator, I want you to press the buttons. And that is workflow optimization. And that's what's happening more and more. The coolest thing from OpenAI was actually the idea of doing plugins. And this is kind of exploding at the moment. And if we look at it, I mean, we used MidJourney to create the picture for our podcast. And we yes. have various pictures. And we did a lot of prompting that typing in different prompts and people who use ChatGPT probably will do the same. And this is kind of tedious and you're very, very busy there. And you try to figure out how to work with it, but then you have to trial and error quite a lot. And the promise we see right now is called auto GPT. So automation GPT, which is a nice promise. It automates hopefully everything. Apparently it has much more traction than even PyTorch, famous uh, Python is it a framework on GitHub? And so it's more than 100,000 GitHub stars. And yes, we can debate what a GitHub star means. It's actually a symbol of or a KPI of quality. But this is quite a fast application of something on GitHub, I assume. Let's dig into it. So underlying auto GPT, and there are, by the way, many. So we have baby AGI, artificial general intelligence. And it's actually a sweet, like, this is where everybody is scared of. They're saying, yeah. oh, my God, artificial. That's why they call it baby HI. So it's a baby god, right? Don't right. worry. It's, it's yeah, just a baby. Like, yes. You know, it's like baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah. was its thing. Good. And now it's baby AGI. The G stands for general. And long time we said, oh, this is so cool. You have built a machine which is better in chess than anybody else in this world. Oh, so cool. Now you have somebody who can play soccer. And every time we did those things, the answer was, but it's not general. 
that machine cannot think about a poem, that machine can't have an idea, and so on and so forth. Now we have a large language model, which seems to signal to us emotion. But now the question is, is that general? Because it cannot play chess. And now baby AGI means that's cool, but I could actually link that interface, the large language model, to a chess computer. So now I have actually a more humanized interface to a chess computer, to a Go computer, to a mathematical calculator, and so on and so forth. And that's the reason why the G suddenly came in. But auto GPT, we have baby AGI, we have camel, we have agent GPT. At the end of the day, I mean, this is not new, right? We're talking about automation here, you mentioned it. So we have a hype, or let's say even amazing companies built around RPA, robotic process automation which is basically scripting. I create rules and there is not much deviation from those rules except for a bit of human input. But to your point, that's not artificial general intelligence. That's just rules that the machine just follows. And now we spoke about prompting. So I, have to, I can talk to this AI. I have an interface I can input, but I still have to give various trials of the output and then I have to do the follow-up. So this is yes. different, right? It's auto. It is, this is different, and this is actually pretty good in terms of how you describe it, because once we had a structural approach, this structure is human-made. Mm -hmm. And actually, in the whole discussion on AI, we went through different waves of excitement, and those different waves were always based on a structure, meaning the first programming effort or like having a machine to do something without being explicitly programmed started the first wave of AI, and but this still followed the human structure. Then we released that human structure and kind of let the machine figure out per year's decision trees whatsoever. And in order to connect those machines, we had to have an API. You actually described this very nicely because an API or a workflow is a human-made very clear structure. But we humans talk not in APIs. And in order to have an API, an application programming interface, you actually have to have an engineer to design that. And it can only follow certain rules and it can only do certain things. API basically means I don't have to log into SAP or any other software program. I can use my software that connected to that software and kind of remote control access the other interface. Or we can do this with the calculator, right? Yeah. So if I ask you, Jasper, calculate two plus two, then I tell you this and you know that you need to press two, yeah. press the plus button, press two, press equal. Now, if I do this with an API, depending on how the computer interface from Jasper used to be, I would need to say, hi, Jasper, I'm Lutz. This is my API key. I want to do a calculation, press two, press plus, press two, yes. plus equal, read out the text, send it back to me. That's an API call. And it might be more or less easier or complicated, depending how you design it. And what we now say is actually, you know what? We don't need those API calls anymore because we use our human language. And that has big implications because we saw it used to be computers have APIs or application program, like programming interfaces. 
and they were complicated. Then we used the first wave was actually to free them by making it easily accessible. And then you had Zapier or if then, then that. And now we actually saying, don't worry about API calls, just use a human language. And we have the language model interacting with everything else. And the crazy thing about it is, and most people probably don't know it, these integrations into other software through APIs, that's kind of a tedious work, a very intensive work, or at least time consuming. And tweeted it yesterday, Ken Beck, one of programming legends said, the value of 90% of my skills just dropped to $0. The leverage of the remaining 10% went up a thousand X. So this guy seems to love what is happening right now. Absolutely, because you think about it, if I can have a machine doing those steps in between, it's awesome. But I don't want to oversimplify all what's happening here with AutoGPT. And by the way, the underlying discussion for it is actually Langchain, language model chaining. So meaning take a language model as the interface and chain other models to it. Open source framework, right? It's an open source framework. It's amazing. And it has two areas. One is, as we discussed, chain the API-like used language as a connector, mm -hmm. which is cool because it opens up for us easy connection, as did if then, then that or Zapier or any of the other tools. The second one, uh, which makes it so important, is if you look at that large language model is a finite machine. And we talked about this last time. It means it only knows certain things. Mm -hmm. If at one point in time, I make the, the joke that I wanted it to summarize my course at Cornell. And obviously, ChatGPT would not have known in all the data what my course is, because my course is not that important. However, I prompted it. I gave ChatGPT the information saying, oh, this is my course, by the way, and now Later on in the same session, I ask, can you summarize my course? And obviously it remembers because it's in the same session yeah. and summarizes it as well. Yeah. But it's in the same session. It might, next time I talk to ChatGPT, it will have forgotten it. Mm -hmm. So what's important here is that we are now connecting big memory, big database. We talked about the importance of data and everybody bring their own data. This scales up ChatGPT big time because it now does everything based on your learning and your data. But the amazing, I mean, coming back to productivity, and this is what we're waiting for, right? It's a nice consumer application so far. It took off very fast, ChatGPT especially, and also MidJourney, creating pictures, creating poems. I can really automate tasks that are tedious that I don't like. What about this old promise of, hey, there's an agent, and I just type it in in a chat and then maybe books a flight for me or search in the internet and buys me some shoes on Zalando. Totally. The question is, how do you break down the task? If the task is press the buttons on a calculator, then somebody will make this connection. Yeah. And if we are looking into the space of good investments, the question is, we said this last time, there needs to be this ecosystem upcoming. And Langchain offers the open source platform for this. So now it's a race on who connects the coolest and most widely used tools for those large language models and who helps me with prompting. There are two issues to overcome to make this business workable. Issue number one, connect the tools. 
we said an API call is difficult. Now we have a language model, but it still needs to be connected to the actual calculator yep. so that we can. That's number and, one. And it hallucinates also when it connects. I mean, that would be a and problem. it might hallucinate, right? So okay. we need to like. So right. now the second issue is actually how to do the prompting. I mentioned last time in mid-journey the very fact that it's complicated to make a prompt. If I train a memory to keep the prompt which I like the most. You know, Starbucks said like, okay, if you go in and you say, I want a rice ristretto, 10 shot venti with breve, five pump vanilla and seven pump caramel splendor in it, poured, not shaken, then you have a very specific view on your coffee. And nevertheless, it's a complicated order because also Starbucks is an API, essentially. You have to say it in the right order in order to get the fastest response. Now, an LLM takes any order because they know yesterday's order and the day's order before. And Starbucks actually initially said, our employees know you. Once you come in, you just need to say, same order as yesterday, but a little bit more vanilla, please. And they will remember. So that is the humanized version of an LLM plus memory. I really like that. I mean, it's trying to figure out what I want with my input, with my prompt. And so far, as we discussed, it doesn't remember. So it's not really progressing. But this promise, and maybe you can explain this a bit more technically. The promise is I tell the auto GPT or whatever camel, this is what I want. This is the task. Please come back to me when you have a solution. So it seems to be even iterating until it solves it. It sounds a bit like reinforcement learning for all the listeners who don't know what that is, but it's different than supervised learning where I basically say, this is what the data means. This is the output. So when I put in new data, this is the likely output that you should predict. Reinforcement learning tells me, no, this is, this is kind of when you look at a game, uh, you should come to the end without dying. So how does the AI know what success looks like here? It doesn't. So most basic forms, we have those two areas. We have connecting different tools, connecting your calculator, connecting the internet, connecting an order engine, connecting whatever, as well as a memory to keep understanding what's happening. Therefore, we see the biggest success actually in all the tasks which are so structured that you can actually give feedback. There was this one person who kind of started with the connector towards Python compiler. So you ask for a task to chat GPT in a human language. It writes the code. The connector puts it over into the compiler. The compiler spits an error code. The error code goes back in chat GPT saying, what's wrong here? Chat GPT critiques that changes. The next step is please rewrite the code, including the critique back into it. So you have an iterative loop till it actually works. Mm -hmm. Meaning the combination between knowing what I put in in the past, memory, plus the ability to talk to compiler, plus the iteration workflow, that ability created a loop to create good code. It's more difficult if the task as such is actually not very clear. So what I did yesterday night, I asked baby AGI, baby artificial general intelligence, what everybody scares the heck out of it, and it doesn't exist yet, 
but it is general because it might ask different tools. No, it doesn't in my case. I just ask convinced venture capitalist Terry VZ to invest into me and my new AI startup. And I told it, do four iterations. Now, the way it's done now, okay, I said, okay, in what do I need? I need a task list. Okay, so my first task is research past investments, create a business plan, and so on and so forth. And our listeners will have done this many times. (laughs) And then the second iteration is, okay, now for business plan, actually develop a marketing strategy. And let's, for that, the next iteration is, in order to do my strategy, I involve multi-channel marketing, la-di-da-di-da. It kind of breaks it down step by step. But that does it in iterations. But what what is confusing to me now, I could write this from the start, right? If I look at business plans in the internet, yeah, I have to do all of that. Why does it need iterations for it? Because you're a human. You are multi-level complex here. First of all, there is no, for this baby a GI, there is no G actually, because it's not connected to anything else, right? So it is only doing the iterations. Yeah. And when we ask GPT or BERT or any other tools out there to solve a problem, the more accurate we actually guided the tool with prompts in order to say, do first this and then that, the better the outcome was. When we ask a mathematical question, it might hallucinate. If we said, actually, it's a mathematical question, I want you to actually do a calculation, the question is the following then it worked better. So essentially, by using that loop, we are asking to iterate. I have a very personal message to all the listeners. Uh, Don't write your business plans with Lutz AGI. Please, please use, still use your, your own imagination and research. Your listeners, don't listen to Jasper. (laughs) No, but I, I actually think there is something to it. The world will be scaled up in many respects. So to to follow a certain structure, to understand the structure is something where we can use AI or large language models to break down tasks, we can use them. Now to fill them and to make them useful is obviously something where our personal innovation comes in. We saw this in the music industry where somebody makes an artificial intelligence song from Drake and it sounded very real. And the whole point is the style of Drake is what the, the world loves. And that is what the computer imitated. I would like to come back to a practical example, which could be a nice segue into the limitations of this, at least right now. This was you about a business plan. And we got this example in the internet. <laughs> I have to read the name of Robert Jesus. What he did was he used AutoGPT to order a pepperoni and sausage pizza from a one of those pizza places in the U.S. And it was mind-blowing. Only took one hour and $1,000 of OpenAI credits. So that's a very expensive pizza. What is the issue there? Why is it iterating so much? Why does it have to use so many OpenAI credits? What's your interpretation? I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it in detail. We don't know. I haven't seen it, but I actually think uh, uh, whatever he did, uh, um, he did it wrong. It shouldn't have cost $1,000. But next time, give $1,000 to me, I make you a pizza. That's fine. Um, maybe talking about the applications. Yeah. If you go to the website from Longchain, the open source framework for this, 
while at the moment, all the hype in the general media is around agents, autonomous agents, there are many, many use cases which we should actually point out to. And we can't talk about why the hype is at autonomous agents. It's probably good hype buster here. So you have the autonomous agents who are doing stuff for you. They break down tasks and then they're doing stuff for you. Like business cases could be question answering over a database, right? Remember, now memory database, question answering is language interface, go to database, figure out the information, distill the information and report it back to me. Chatbots, if you want to have a chatbot interacting with a booking system, then you have language interface, needs to understand how to access the booking system. Again, that's a long chain and come back. And it also has to remember my feedback, right? And has to remember my personal style coming back to your coffee ordering example. If you take Harry Potter, all seven books, try to copy paste it into OpenAI, you run out of token length. This is Mm -hmm. the discussion we had last time. It's a finite machine. It -hmm. cannot keep everything up in your brain. What you do is summarize page by page. Then you store that in memory saying, now do the summarization. And you can do an iterative process and you will get your summarization. I I think it's about wizards. But that's it, right? So all of those amazing use cases. And the days are counted for a person who just took information from one side of the desk and had to tell it to the other side of the desk. The days of pundits like us, discount, we will be replaced. But not yet, because if we look at the issues and we we tapped upon it at the beginning of the podcast, but also in previous ones, the agent might still hallucinate. So the model might make up things and then it books a flight to Dubai and not to Singapore. It might might even take decisions that I don't want. So I would still probably need some feedback loop, right? So the models are not there yet. Is the solution asking humans more often? So this kind of auto promise basically means I have more feedback loops with the agent and I don't have to prompt actively myself. Or what's the solution? Yeah, I, I think the issue is actually that human language is less accurate the computer code mm-hmm. and therefore we will not just completely replace an api by having a human language now the human language will allow us to actually ask back okay if you want the number of patients in a certain given state split by gender or just the number of patients kind of half the dialogue yep. which uh, will help the AI doesn't know what to ask no. until you tell. And I also I also read this AI agents, they tend to forget certain tasks. So it starts with something and then in between it tends to forget. Is that something that will be solved with technology over time? That's a finite machine problem, right? So if I have then the memory, it yeah. actually should play it back into it. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to come back to something else you said earlier in terms of the self-training on API, because we could use that long chain model to improve data quality. Meaning when we loop, and you talked about this early on, then how to train, when we loop over data over and over and over again, we train the model with something. Now, we have seen this in the past, a study done by Goodfellow in 2014, 
where we came up with the GAN architecture. GAN stands for General Versailles Networks, and that was used for image generations. Mm -hmm. So the idea was you have a computer generating an image, and you have a computer trying to figure out is that image fake or real, meaning those two computers are adversarial. They're working against each other. One tries to cheat, the other tries to figure it out. And they would go in a loop and do it over and over and over again. And I heard well, some people might have misused that also to create some fake pictures and videos, but yeah. Totally. Actually, most of the fake pictures which then got created, and I have a whole Forbes article about this, uh, using more placements like the Snapchat style, putting something on somebody's faces, you can do this actually with real pictures as well. But the whole idea here is train the computer by itself. Tell a computer to play Doom and don't die. So the computer will try and it dies and then it tries again and it dies and it tries again and it dies. At the end, computers are painless. They can try it over and over again. So and for the listeners, uh, that shows you we're a bit older. So Doom is a game from the 90s. Nowadays, it's called Fortnite. The point in all of deep learning is you need a lot of data. LLMs are trained on a lot of data. We figured out with the GAN architecture the way to use data over and over again. Now with Langchain, cool thing is we figure out a way to actually train computer by itself, meaning because you have memory where you store and you have an interface, which might be only your own interface, and you go back and you train over and over and over again till you get it right. In order to do this, you need to know what is right. Meaning, I was about to ask because, I mean, I can imagine if infinite loops or this going totally sideways, the model... Yeah, just doesn't know where to go. Yes, totally. Meaning, well, like for the task, how do I get money from charity? See, yeah, I cannot try this a million times because yeah, because you don't have a result, right? You don't have a. I don't have a result. Yeah. The amazing part, and this is where we will see in the future a lot of development, is whenever you get a feedback loop. So that's the reason why AlphaGo, the computer who plays Go, they got trained on existing data. And then you move to Alpha Mu Zero, where you said, I just give them rules and I let the computer play against itself and it figures it out. We did it in chess. There's always there are clear rules and you have a winning. You can do it in Go. You can do it in programming because there's a clear rule when code is executable or not. So now the computer comes up with new ways which people might have not seen before. And why? Because it can test it so many times i really want to make sure i create a good product out of this if, if i use it for whatever application is out there that i think i can now finally automate i think very easy one is you said this agent has access to data could be personal data so i guess privacy from at least my european perspective is is an issue so i have to make sure that whatever the agent is doing there data privacy ensured and still it can use it is that a challenge? 
It is a challenge because the question is, what type of large language model do you use? As soon as the large language model uses your data in the cloud, no matter whether your connected device and your connected storage is on your side, it moves into the uh, general knowledge about the large language model. And we will see changes there. I'm excited to see a generic platform to emerge, which connects many useful tools. And everybody's going to connect. I'm excited to see more holistic approaches to saying this is the connection platform. Because that's interesting. We debated that a lot. And now some startups should, I think, listen uh, carefully, or probably they already know this. There are a lot of companies out there that provide integrations in various verticals to e-commerce platforms, analytic tools, et cetera. So it's kind of an abstraction layer, and then you can integrate faster. But if that would be done by what you just described, an agent or a platform that can guarantee integrations to me, yeah, it could also be a threat for Zapier itself because now I can connect everything, right? Totally. The other big amazing thing I think we will see is that we have the data question. It still comes down to the data question. Like what type of data do we use? So I'm not super excited about AutoGPT and autonomous bots. For, for now, because they don't have enough data. However, I am excited about companies like Ultimate or others who have a data set. They know how they wanted to interact and work with a situation. They have the connection. And now they need to chain this together, long chain, to change this together in order to answer questions, in order to get an interaction done with an API or in order to get summarization. Those are the use cases where I think there will be a lot of amazing new developments happening. The third part I'm actually very interested in is if we can train the machine to train itself to always write correct code, then we don't need a coding language anymore. And I guess also the question is, how, where do you start? I mean, we spoke about quality controls. There's guardrails, AI. There's, there are other also frameworks how to control the output. So hallucination is not happening. But as you said, when I start my company, when I build an AI product, how do I make sure the initial output is good enough, the feedback I feedback is good enough, and then over time it becomes better and better, which is kind of a mode because I did it and others maybe failed there, as you described. So it's a really a combination of the user experience, but also knowing what kind of quality I'm getting, which probably is due to the data I'm putting in, and I'm also knowing a little bit the output, which is kind of back to supervised learning again, or the basics of how to build AI products? I wouldn't call it supervised learning. It's more than that, but it, it's down to the basics. You need to answer the right question. You need to answer, like create the value. You need to control the data. You need to have a workflow to operationalize and update your model. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Lutz. I think you, sh you, you deserve another coffee now. This is awesome. I get another coffee. This is and good. I'm, I'm going for barbecue now because it's evening and I'm hungry. Wish you all the best. Have fun in Germany.